Too good? Yeah, it's burning perfect so far. Purge it. Hey, Blow through it. Blow through it. Blow, purge it. Hold on, guys. Yeah. Hey, heads, Welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat. Uh, we're we're here live on Facebook. We're broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Um, and, of course, available at our home, uh, Cigar Federation, and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, I'm Tripp, here with uh, my co-host, Jason. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing good. Awesome. And, uh, of course, we're here with Phil Zaggy from Debonair Cigars. Good evening, everyone. And the whole uh, world combined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason and I, of course, are smoking the classic Debonair Maduro. Um, so to get us started, let's talk a little bit about your classic lines, the Habano and the Maduro. Um, just tell us kind of what people can expect, like, you know, if they've never had them before. What I've, it's going into the fifth year now with Debonair. I brought it out to uh, try to bring out a real unique, authentic brand that I kind of saw from all my years in the industry and being out of the premium industry and the machine-made industry, but during those that hiatus in the machine-made world. For about eight years, I saw that there was a hole in the whole industry, which you had the old guard and you had the new guard. And what I wanted to bring out is a—it's not a lifestyle, more of a way of life. And what I wanted to do is a—it's a movement, it's an ideal. And what I came up with is a unique way to do a process that I learned from making pipe tobacco and stuff, which I call it alchemy, tobacco alchemy. I use distilled water to generate steam and it's after the final curing process what we do is and we put it into a room and we introduce that steam to it we bring it up to a certain degree we flush the room bring it up and what happens is that the molecule to the molecular level the distilled water attacks impurities on the leaf and, and when it evaporates it brings them off so it leaves basically what you want to stick leave is the essential oil tobacco is essentially one of the most low contents of essential oil only two to three percent so in when I first my first stab at bringing cigar premiums back, ultra premiums, was the Havana line, which I've been told, and what I think myself, it has more of a beefy prime rib fatty taste. And then the second uh, coming was the uh, Maduro, which is a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf cured to perfection. It's got more of a you got your sweet raisiny taste with that deep rich flavor. And now the new inception, what he just came out with, is the Debonair Daybreak, which is an Ecuadorian Connecticut that we cure for a year, so we get some of that green taste that people kind of uh, are accustomed to with the Connecticut. Still has a nice yellowish color, but it's got less of that 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 um, vegetable bite, you know. So and it's the same core blend, but the only difference is is that. On the rest of my blends, as the, the original blends, as is in, uh, the Maduro and the Havano, I use the high primings of the Seco Viso Ligero. But on the, the Daybreak, I use the lower primings. I use the low Seco, the low Viso and the low Ligero. So the thinner leaves, it's still alchemized. It's got a little bit of a smoother flavor and with the Connecticut. So you get you get a, that debonair taste, but it's more buttery and creamy. And it's, it's just a more like, it's a more mellow on the palate. So that's, you know, that hence the hashtag, you know, have a nice Daybreak. And if you see the, uh, when you see it on the store shelves, you see the new inside lid cover is the debonair man with his wife on the porch in the morning enjoying a cigar and a coffee and, and you know, reminiscing of the days before. If you see the inside lid of the Havano was them going, going from the plantation, from the farm to the docks is in the Maduro on the inside lid, them delivering the rum barrels, getting money. Then they had, there's other ones to come, but then the, the third inception is them the next day. He's telling his wife what happened and how things are, and they're sm he's smoking a cigar, and she's, you know, they're having coffee and they're having a good time. 
that's that's awesome. I, I really like that you've kind of you tell a story with just the boxes even, uh, and and the theme really fits with the cigars. That's so, what I tried to do. I tried to do something that was unique. You know, I looked at everybody else that was doing stuff out there. It's black and white. There's no name on the box. There's only the lid on the top. On the top, there's the big medallion that's in metal, the debonair medallion. But when you open it up, it's just a scene. And then people, what I did that for also was so it helped the actual store owner where someone goes in and goes, hey, what's that? Oh, you haven't seen that? So now he takes the cigar off because that's how you see the logo. He hands it to the guy. Now he's already, the guy's interacting with him instead of the other way around. So I'm aiding, you know, it seems that way in sales. So now once something's in your hand, the, the high percentage is that you're going to try it, buy it, and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now with the Connecticut, what made you go with the Ecuadorian Connecticut? There's a lot of people who are uh, moving away from the kind of U.S. Connecticut, uh, which is obviously the classic format. Uh, and everybody's moving towards Ecuadorian. I just like to kind of get people's take on what they yeah. like more about Ecuadorian than American. Business-wise, yield. Higher yield, higher quality, thinner vein. Um, because, you know, in Ecuador, they don't have to grow it under shade because of the cloud cover. You get 33.3% light dissipation from, you know, God-given. You know, divinely given. So, but like we don't have to, you don't have to spend the money on the shade and whatever. But also, it yields higher. Um, it's to me, it, it has less of that vegetable taste. And then once you cure it, it gives it a nice high golden yellow, which the, the Connecticut from Connecticut is prettier, in my opinion. It's it's that you can get lower primings, you can get lower grades, and you get that high yellow out of it. But mm -hmm. in turn, it doesn't give. It for me, it never gave me that that flavor. And I worked diligently for the last five years to come out with a Connecticut because everybody wanted a Connecticut, you know? Mm -hmm. And to find something that met my flavor profile and my client's flavor profile that I think that they would enjoy to give yourself a full-flavored Connecticut that would um, have lakes that would actually yeah. get in people's hands that people would want to go out and buy, you know? And the packaging's all been redone for Debonair. You saw it at the show. You came by and saw me. We made it way more, way more. Uh, we upgraded it. It's just a progression. But in the Deb in the Daybreak did absolutely bonkers at the show. It Good. was like, I mean, I, this it's just, uh, you know, you if you pray long enough, God's talked back to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, what I'm, that's all I'm trying to say. Uh, Jason, do you have any questions? Yeah. So when when you were approaching the Connecticut, like what what was the couple things that you were really looking for in a Connecticut cigar to represent you and your brand? Um, something unique, something authentic. I know I beat those words up, but something that had a lot of flavor, but a light cigar, so to speak, but with a lot of, with full flavor. Something that was effortlessly to smoke, had that beautiful construction, had like it's the same as the debonair guys are smoking. But imagine that, you know, dialed down 50%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But you still get those nuances, nuances of the fattiness and the creaminess. And the, but what's weird, I mean, when I wrapped, I just had some Connecticut laying around. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to wrap the original cigar. And I did it. And I gave it to a bunch of people. And they're like, man, they, they give that, I call it the debonair look. That people first, when I first started, the price was expensive and everything. When they look, they, they'll look at me. And then they'll look at the cigar. Then they'll look back at me, and I know I got them. They're like, what? man, this is something, you know? And I gave them the Connecticut. They did that same look. What is this? I'm like, it's a debonair. That's not a debonair. I'm like, that's the debonair. That's the daybreak. 
You know, they're like, man, Zang, you got something here. This is this is like I'm not going to use the other companies' names, but the bigger Connecticut companies, that's the the killer. That's the one that takes out the other guy. You know, I'm not want to take nobody out, but I mean, I want to compete on that level because if you look at the actual you know, business aspect of the cigar industry, the number one selling wrapper, you know, configuration is Connecticut. It is. Yeah, you got the Davidoffs, you got the Ashtons, you got the Macanoodles. And those ones by you know, by far outsell everything else, you know? Yeah. Year Miles, after year. I think that, you know, if you can come out and offer a more flavorful Connecticut, then that can be a good gateway for people to get into to some of the fuller strength stuff. That's the trick. You got to work your way up the line. Like when I did, when I brought my sizes out, I, 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 you know, I strategically, you know, had patience, basically looking at what was out there. So how I strategically planned, at first I brought out a Solomon, a crazy big size, and a Robusto and a Bellicoso, two Figurados, right? So knowing there, if people would buy those, I know that people would like that blend because those are hard sizes to sell. So from there I added a Toro, and then I added a, a Saguita, right? A Petit Lancero. Then I added the first degree. So basically, first degree you get in, Saguita in Latin means arrow, points the way, and then you work yourself to the Robusto, the Toro, and then the Bellicoso, right? And I also priced everything very close, like the Toro and the Bellicoso are the same price. And the, the Havano and Maduro are the same price. So I wanted people to jump inside my own brand instead of jumping the other brands. Yeah. You know? So basically, you got a, the offering all the way up. And I, every year, I strategically brought a smaller size out instead of going crazy big, you know? So now people, I went down the chain. So now, as you said, that will bring people in. Now, hopefully, as you say, is you're targeting one of my main aspects is that the daybreak will bring people into the debonair line more, and then they'll be interested in to try the other offerings, you know? Yeah, it seems like that's a lot of the strategy with a lot of companies lately is come out with a Connecticut because the guy who smokes only Connecticut's, he walks in and he looks for the yellowest cigar he can find and just grabs it. Um, and if, if you can hook him with something really good that he's not expecting, that's going to bring him more into kind of the uh, like that cigar geek mentality where he's going to think. If that guy makes that cigar, maybe I should try that other one that he makes. That's it. I mean, that's that's the point of the exercise, you know? I mean, yeah. you get a Connecticut with flavor and say, man, if this tastes like this, I wonder what the other ones taste like. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I had a question and I lost it. Jason, do you have another one while I'm trying to remember this? Yes. Yeah, so when when you were looking at the uh, Connecticut, I, I I looked recently, and, and you have a wide variety of sizes, from small to big. Did, did, did you kind of have all those sizes planned out or or did you kind of start with a core group of sizes and, and then try to build on that what i did is i had the solomon the, the bellicoso and the robusto robusto is the best selling size there is bellicosos that i always liked and the solomon was just like the limited edition and then i looked around what was being offered out there and talked to a lot of store owners and stuff and they were saying like they like the petit lancetto or lonsdale or corona so I did that in the first degree, the Toro was a given. I mean, that's the number, that's the other second best selling size. But with the first degree, what I did is there was another company out there that would give a really short cigar as a sample cigar during their events. So you could taste the flavor of it. So I started making those first degrees and handing them out for free. And people were like, hey, when are these coming? I'm like, no, these are like event cigars. These are for you guys to taste it, enjoy the flavor and go buy a bigger one. And they're like, man, you're crazy, man. I'll buy a box of these right now. <laughs> Right. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. So I went back into the, the drawing board, had to, you know, narrow down the box to make that medallion because they fit all the same size and everything. And I mean, that's probably, if not my best seller and my second best seller there is first degree sell 
I mean, people might box upon boxing them because they're a great quick stick. You got you need yeah. about four or five of them. You put them in your pocket. You smoke it. You get down to the nub. You throw it away. Twenty minutes later, you smoke another one. I mean, it's a good, full flavored, real premium cigar in a small format that you get a lot of flavor from. It's not you. Don't, doesn't leave you wanting. You know. Uh, so you've talked about the cigar alchemy a little bit already. Mm-hmm. How how in the world did you come up with that? Were you just like thinking about different ways to process tobacco and you kind of figured what, it out? What I wanted to do is for pipe tobacco, we, we bought a company that my group, not me, my, the group I work with, work for, partners in, you know, client of, all of it, um, put me to, on the task to buy it. We bought a, they bought a company called House of Windsor in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania. So like, long story short, we went down all the pipe making equipment, they, like there's some famous brands, Black Organacy, Barking Dog. Um, stuff like that. I learned from there how they do casing and steaming and all this different stuff. And there's band conditioners that you, when you thrash tobacco, you steam the tobacco, goes in at 14%, comes out at 25%, like, you know, humidity points. And when you thrash it, the vein is soft, so it strips the leaf off. So I took from that. And what I wanted to do basically is make, is t- make, reduce the sauce by half. Take that great tobacco, get all the impurities off of it that were made, put on there by, you know, people's hands and, and pesticide, fertilizer residue, hard water and stuff like that, and remove all that and get back to what the leaf should exactly be untouched, you know? And so with steam, you kills all bacterias, you get all that stuff off. When it evaporates, it pulls off all the heavy stuff. And what it leaves is that essential oil, which is we all love about cigars that we don't realize, you know? That's what you're always searching for is that that kick, that wow, that woo, you know, that, that not strength, the flavor is what we're looking for. So I wanted to be full flavor. So that was my mission and it took some time, but I figured it out. I figured it out. I lost a lot of tobacco, but luckily we have the machine made part. So we thrashed that up and <laughs> and it went yeah. right in the machine made, put some flavor, put some great, great flavor on it. And it's down off to the races, you know? <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick sponsor break here. Uh, we'll be right back. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. All right, welcome back to Cigar Federation Cigar Chat uh, with Phil Zangi from Debonair Cigars. Uh, Phil, while we were off the air for a second there, you were talking about where you're broadcasting from. Can you talk about that a little? I'm broadcasting now from Barrister Cigars in Union, New Jersey. This place was the first place ever to have Debonairs on the shelves in the United States of America or the world. Um, I met the owner, Dave Malo. And I met him in New Orleans in a cigar shop before I even was making Debonair. We became friends. We sat there for hours and talked. And the next day, he went back to the show and talked to a mutual friend of ours and said, you know what? I met either the biggest bullshitter in history or the most interesting man I've ever met in my life. And the mutual friend said, hey, what's the guy's name? And he said, well, his name's Phil Zangi. And he says, well, everything, that's only, he only told you half of what the truth is. And you got to believe everything he says, you know? And um, we became friends from there. Then I, we, by chance, where we were together in Nicaragua and during one of the uh, uh, the cigar fest down there. And I was down there purchasing um, a short filler and a, and a thrashing machine from this lady that her husband died. And him and I just, we, we love books. We, we, 
Because you do make a premium, I'll sell it in my store, sight unseen. So basically, I came out with it. He came to the first show, um, took some cigars home with him, and they were on the shelves. And from that point on, I've done pretty much every launch in the, in the Northeast at his shop. He's the first person to ever have um, Daybreak in in the states right now. I mean, he's the first person to actually launch first official launch. Really, you could say is here at Barristers in the Northeast wow. here in Jersey. And please, I know him from here. They've been crucial in my success, and not just my success, and just kind of guiding me on the path of, um, you know, just being honest with me about, you know, what I'm doing. Tell me if my cigar is good or bad, or how it can be better. And I really I've stayed so long in this business because I I thrive more on critique than praise, and I don't buy into this whole success and fame. And I mean, I'd rather be well renowned and you know well regarded, you know, well liked than famous any day. And, and I, I really believe in the friendship and partnership and uh, with Dave Milo. And there's a couple other stores across America that are like this for me. But Dave's like, Dave, he's like my family. He's been down to the Debonair house how many times, Dave? Oh, four, I think. Four, four or five times. <laughs> we make a house cigar for him. Yeah, it's a thick Yeah, steep. I've had that one, actually. Thick steep. Yeah, the verdict. Yeah. It's just good times. That's what this business needs to be, is, is fun. You know, yeah, it's a business. Yeah, we're in this to make money. Let's not fool each other on that. But can't you have fun doing that? And yeah. I mean, I have the best job in the world. A lot of these guys complain about being on the road and stuff. I love being on the road. I miss my family terribly. But I mean, I, do, I plan it strategically. But this is what it's all about. I mean, these guys complain all the time. I hear stuff, you know, God bless them all. But I mean, I'm sitting in a leather chair smoking a cigar in air conditioning. I mean, that's not a bad job. Not at all. <laughs> You know, honestly, I'm like half the time. I'm like, look, I'm working my ass off. They're like, yeah, I guess. Wow, I want your job. I'm like, yeah. You mean, hey, I'll give you my bills for a month and we'll see. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But no, they, they, you want to say hi, Dave? Here's Dave. I want you to see Dave. This is Dave Malo, number hi, one Dave. with the bullet. That's the man with the plan. Integral. Guys like this are the whole key to the industry, you know? And you need some real, honest engine guys there that are telling you the truth, you know? You know what I mean? And then yeah. once I once I got Debonair House really moving, I got Indian Motorcycle back, got the trademark full flow. We took that on. We launched it here. We did, and in, if by chance there was an Indian Motorcycle dealer not a block away, it's just it's kind of the, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know. But no, it's just great. I mean, I I, I mean I'm long winded, you know, guys. But I mean, I love what I do. I wouldn't want to do anything else. Um, I got great support from people like you, and you've you've heard and talked to me enough that this isn't like a pitch or this isn't a I'm not a flim flam man. This is what I really do for a living. This is my life's work, you know? Yeah, it, I can absolutely see, like, I've heard that story and I know who the mutual friend is. And I've heard that story from several people and I can completely understand how people would see you that way. People would be like, this guy is just making stuff up, telling stories. Yeah, he's a and it, it's all true. Like, it's unbelievable. I'm like, I'm the guinea Forrest Gump, put it that way. That's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it half the time. I mean, I got so blessed and so lucky during the 90s to go down there and have all this bad stuff happen in my life with my father losing Indian motorcycle and all this craziness and to do, end up in Donley, Honduras and mentor in, under the masters, you know, Nesta Placencia, you know, Julia Roa. Uh, there's so many other guys that were there, Don Avelio, you know. All these great guys that were, it was like, I was like, I was with Michelangelo. I was like apprenticing under Michelangelo and Raffaello and, and, you know, mm -hmm. Da Vinci. I didn't even know it. I'm like, you know what I mean? And now these guys, kids are like the boss of the bosses. And I mean, yeah. I talked to them. They're like family to me. They look at me. They're like, hey, it's Phil, man. It's like, that's, this guy's been out of his mind. I mean, it's 
kind of amazing what's going on, you know? And I guess if you stay around long enough, man, you become part of the club, you know? Yeah, and and that's kind of come full circle for you, hasn't it? I know that you're you're you've been involved in a couple other newer brands. Um, one yeah. of which is is Cattle Baron, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, awesome guy. You need to get him involvement on the show. there. Yeah, he he's in the uh, he's in the plan. We want to get him on eventually. First off, Brian Massard is probably one of the individuals I've ever met in my life. He personifies Americana. He personifies a hardworking man and he's just a cat the epitome of a cattle rancher and a cowboy and just a great guy oh i blended the cigar for him it was like a two-year odyssey he kept wanting to make a cigar and do all this stuff and i'm like look you don't want to get in this industry man stick with cattle he goes no i'm in the vodka industry too i'm like that's great he knows i smoke dirts i smoke this stuff i smoke that i'm like look i don't know so busy it's not even that i don't know if you want to get in this he came and visited me he, I said, if you come down, it's 50% of the way. If you come down, we'll sit down and we'll blend your cigar. And then we worked on it and I made him something unique. And he loved it and he took it back to his friends and he got partners. And it's like an, a whole outfit. It's like an actual real outfit, like in the Old West, of a bunch of cattle ranchers. And then um, we started to do the stuff for him. And then I said, well, okay, it's my turn. So he, I, he, I went out after not this, I, two RPCPRs ago, I flew out to Montana and stayed with him for seven days and went all over Montana with him. Rode on his ranches on horseback, moved cattle with him, and, and his family quizzed me, you know, and I could see what they were up to. Like, one would ride with me, and the other one would go away. The other one would ride with me. And um, it was like, it was, I mean, I love the Lewis Lamore stuff, so I love all that. And it was, uh, they're like, you're a real guy. I'm like, look, man, I'm just going to tell you the truth all the time. This is not an easy gig, but I think your dad can really do it because he's a hard worker. And he has on his own, man, you know. And I mean, I help him every way I can, you know. But he's just another one of those He's the Western debonair. I think that's how I look at it. Yeah, he really is. And if you look at the packaging, I designed it for him. We did the inside lid for him. I mean, I came up with a box that, you know, that was like an, he let me have like, he asked me, you know, and he of course had final say on everything. He said, what do you think about this? Like an old ammo case. This is an old thing, you know, look at the inside lid. And he had the idea also that everybody signed the bottom of it. It's like a stock certificate, you know, like a, a livestock certificate. And you see like the image of the old West. And I was like, look, I can see the CB, like, you know, the old painting on the old saloon that was in, you know, in, in, um, in, uh, in the middle, in the old West, like, you know, where, you know, where Wyatt Earp was and where Doc Holliday, you see, if you look at it, it's reminiscent of like, you know, of the old, uh, OK Corral, you know, in Tombstone. If you look at the CB, it looks like something would be painted on the window of like a saloon, you know, and it's a horseshoe. So it's a good luck charm. I mean, it was just, I had fun with it, you know, and he dug it and he was like, thank man, you got it, you know? And he's just a great guy. And I'm just, I'm blessed to be involved with two great people, you know, and he's doing well with it. It's growing. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting, getting him on the show and kind of learning his side of the story and everything. And, you know, yeah. trying the cigars, of course. He's a great, you'll love him, man. He's great. He'll send you steaks. Watch. He'll send you vodka and steaks. He's, he, I mean, I told him, I said, you know what? You got the best thing. Dude, you got like thousands of heads of cattle. I mean, if you send some guy in the store, some freeze-dried steaks and a bottle of vodka and some cigars. I guarantee he's going to check your samples, you know? Yeah. And he's, he's done it. He's done a bunch of great stuff. He's great. He's awesome. Um, and so this is kind of a just just something I was wondering for some of our viewers. Are your cigars distributed outside the U.S.? Yeah, I just actually landed a deal with Brigham in Canada for the Indian okay. Indian line and we're working out how to get debonair up there I'm going to Dortmund I fly from here tomorrow from Jersey to New Orleans because my partner Danny Sinclair the other founder of debonair house his son's getting married 
And uh, I don't think I talk enough about Danny either. Danny's an integral in my life. He's like my best friend. He's helped, he helped me get sober. He's been with me since the Indian days. He, I, I mean, I helped him develop the blunt rap. We worked together on every aspect. And uh, his son's getting married. You know, I watched his son grow up. So I'm going to go there. Then from New Orleans, I go to uh, Dortmund, Germany. And then we do the Dortmund show, which now I'm uh, getting in Europe. They pray for me, guys, and wish me the best of luck because I'm trying to close some distributors there and get some the debonair ideal to go through Europe. And I'll stay after the show in Belgium, in the Benelux countries, and go visit a bunch of people. We have a couple of events planned and, and just have some fun over there with the Europeans, you know? Nice. Go, old, go straight old school. <clears throat> awesome. Nice. Uh, we, we have one more break to take, uh, so let's go ahead and do that now. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars? Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. Air conditioning? What were you saying, yeah. Phil? You, you had just kind of, you know, a little story about your air conditioning in the hotel. Yeah, and then basically I, I turned off the air conditioning, but then I, I talked into my phone and said, the down app for noise of air conditioning. And it came up an app that has the same sound as an air conditioning unit. So you can sleep. <laughs> I swear. And I turned it on. And it was like, it sounded like an air conditioning. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Then I'm like, this of course. Is sound- it was just strange. They had fans, fan sound, every sound you can think of. It was amazing. You know, I know water and rain, you know, but you think air conditioning sound? It actually was on a YouTube. And it was a picture of like a wall unit air conditioning, like in a hotel. <laughs> I swear to God, it was, it, was weird. it was just weird. It was cool weird. Welcome to the world of technology, right? You get that weird thump when the thing kicks into gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all. Oh, now it, you actually feel colder. It's weird. It's meant- <laughs> all right, Jason, I've been hogging all the questions. you have any other burning questions for Phil? Okay, so at, at this point, I mean, Debonair's pretty well established. You have a good line of cigars going. Is I mean, what's what's kind of your real focus for the brand right now? Is it just kind of distribution and kind of getting it out there more? More spreading the ideal, getting the movement strong. You know, building on the 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 foundation that I have when the going back to the original stores and the regions, you know, and getting them more back on online and just strengthen it there at the core. And then also building new, you know, new areas out West. Um, actually in the last year, it's been a really amazing for us in, uh, in, in Arizona has been amazing. Um, the West coast is picking up, believe it or not for us. Uh, Texas is a stronghold. I'm building on that and just, um, build the brand i mean it's it's got it's yeah it's got somewhat of a following i've i've you know you know i've you know gotten through the what would you say the beginning hard times and all that and then the growing pains of new distribution and going from 100 stores to 600 stores and all that good stuff and and then get indian back and launching that and then bringing out you know fda looming and all this other stuff that's going on but um it's just uh it's not no, really known yet. It's known, but it's not known. I mean, it's still a new brand. So, I mean, it's, it's still got at least 10 years of true building to make it a, a household name, to say, so to speak, you know? And and that's the fun part of it. And with Indian also getting into so many different venues, it helps bring Debonair in. But put it this way, the show Debonair sold more than Indian, and that's saying something. Yeah. You know, and I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, that really is. 
Yeah, and that means debonair is actually all the stuff I've been talking and pushing and the ideal and the movement is taking hold. And people are now finally realized. It took five years, you know? Usually it takes, sometimes it, you never get there. Sometimes, you know, it can take 20 years or just flash in the pan. But the slow growth has been working, you know? Good. And guys and, uh, like you, spreading the word, spreading the word, you know? Kind of a slightly different topic, topic but I've, I haven't really spoken with anyone on the cigar side of things about, like, post- Hurricane Irma stuff. Did did that mess with your any shipments coming in or? No, actually, I had everything shipped out and it it, it uh, at the warehouse in Miami with Drew before the hurricane hit. And God bless him, you know. Thank God Almighty, it didn't do anything to the Dominican Republic. It skirted us. We're very lucky in the DR because we have high mountain ranges that protect the Valley of Cibao. So it, it hit Puerto Plata. It got a lot of water, but it skirted us and just went off and didn't do anything. That's great. Yeah, thank God, thank God. Yeah, because I know that I was hearing a lot of people talk about if that thing would have hit mainland or gotten into tobacco crop areas, it could have been devastating. It devastated Cuba. No one even really realizes that yet. I mean, it beat the daylights out. They say the tobacco's well, okay because it's low yeah, on the ground. Cuba won't talk about it. Yeah, and it's low on the ground anyway, you know? Yeah. But God bless everyone, everybody out there from, you know, from uh, Irma and from the one that hit Houston – um, Harvey, it's just, it's horrible, man. But God bless everyone. I wish you guys the best. You're in my prayers. You're in all my people's prayers. And we just want you guys to be okay. We're doing an event. Uh, my brand manager, Jaron Grisano, has been integral in the success of me I have in Florida with, with Devon Air House. And also now he works for me as brand manager inside of Drew Estates. He's uh, put together quickly in Miami with the people from Cigar Snob. They're doing an event um, for an aid to help like the children and stuff like that. And uh, the people that got affected by the the hurricane, they're doing an event and we've already got like maybe 50 people signed up and it's it's good, to, it's going to be good. We're giving the money to them for like food and stuff like that. Uh, That's great. If, if any of our viewers want to get more information about that event, where can they get it? They can just um, send it to, uh, go on my, uh, either my, any of my Facebook page, you know, Debonair Cigars, okay. Indian Cigars, Phil Zangi, whatever. Send that, send a request in. I'll put it to the people that are handling it, and then we can go from there. Perfect. Do you have any more cigar questions, Jason? Because I'm, I'm re almost ready to talk boxing. We can make the transition. Yeah. Transition right. away. Uh, Let's do it. So, obviously, for anybody who follows fight sports at all, there's been a couple of big weeks recently. Uh, so first, I want to hear your thoughts on the uh, McGregor-Mayweather fight. I was impressed with McGregor that he held in there like that, the first rounds. Um, I was also impressed with Mayweather that he came forward and, and fought him head-to-head. -head. Um, but I was also a little bit let down that Mayweather let it go that long. But I can understand yeah. why. I understand why because he wanted the fans to think that he didn't cheat them. I can understand that. But then also McGregor, didn't he realize it was going to be a 12-round fight? Don't you I train? He, he had he seven months to train. So he gassed bad. out so bad. And then also, I would have really liked to see him knocked out cold on the canvas. Yeah, the guy stopped it too early. And even McGregor said, I would have rather been knocked out. I don't think he would have. He says that after the fact. Everyone says that. You know, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. That's what Mike Tyson said, you know? But yeah. um, it was a spectacle nonetheless. It was it was a great build up. I watched it. I watched it all. I watched all the prelims too, and it yeah. was. Uh, I watched with my sons, and it, it it was okay. It I wasn't I wasn't let down, you know. But um, I think it did a lot for both sports. 
I think it brought a lot of people to think about boxing again. And the MMA, of course, probably benefited way more. But it took away from a fight that happened that night, too. That was a big fight. Um, I forget the name right now. But it also took away a lot of the fanfare from the fight that's coming up on the 16th. Yeah. With Canelo and Triple G, which Canelo is the fight of fights. I'm looking forward to that. Hearns Hagler, man. It's Hearns Hagler. That's Sugar Ray with, you know, with uh, Duran. That's a, this is a real deal battle of a battle. I'm so fucking, I'm so excited. I'm not going to swear. I'm so excited, you know? Um, so my take on uh, Mayweather letting it go so long is that first he wanted to see what McGregor's game plan was. He wanted to kind of, you know, put the puzzle pieces together so he could pick them apart. But they also said before that it wasn't an official fight unless it hit the fifth round. And he did not even start throwing punches until that bell rang at the start of round five. Yeah. He wanted to make sure that it was like, a, that it was a real fight on his record. Nobody could say he just went in there and beat up this guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true too. Anybody to say that uh, he's still forty-nine and zero. Right. I think that's what it is. Um, and then McGregor, yeah, like they they just stopped the fight a little too early. I mean, he was there was no way he would make it out of that round. No. But he was dead to rights, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he must have talked to the ref earlier and said like, if he's getting close, just take me out. Of here. And then no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't. I think he was getting the, the ref did him a favor and didn't let him get knocked out cold. He directed his job. He saved his not his maybe his life, maybe not. But yeah, I mean, but there was this. He should have let him stand up one more time and let him like wipe his gloves on the shirt and say, "You ready?" And let him bang. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that. I wanted that clip. You know. <laughs> and then what about that Chocolatito fight? That was. Uh, it was sad to watch. I don't know what happened. Lost the mojo, I think. I love talking about Tito. So he's good. one of my favorites. I mean, I, I don't know. After winning, uh, he was 47 and 0 before, or 46. 47 uh, and 0, yeah. And I could see after winning 47 fights, losing one would really mess with your confidence. Yeah, but then you come. I. Ah, it's hard, man. It's a mental. It's really mental. People think that these are these are blockheads that get in there and swing at each other. No, it is the sweet science. It's all about control. It's all about timing. It's all about slipping the jab and you know cutting out the corner and getting the. It's so much stuff that go into it. You know. Yeah, and he and. and Chocolatito just couldn't time it all during that fight. He couldn't no, get the timing down at all. Zero timing. The other, but don't take it away from the other guy. The other guy's a champion. Oh yeah, and I, yeah. I was re- I was very impressed with him. I can't pronounce his name correctly, yeah. but yeah, he but, was you know, really really impressive. They threw yeah, they threw hands. It was beautiful. I'm glad you guys like fighting and boxing. Don't worry, I love MMA too. I love it all. I love it. I love all fighting. I love mu- one of my favorite, probably the second closest to boxing is Muay Thai. I like get close oh, search yeah. for that. Watch that stuff. You know, Bukami and those guys over there. I mean, that's insane. Man, you get in there with them. But the thing was, this is another thing you have to think about the McGregor fight, okay? If they got in there, if McGregor got in there with Triple G or with Canelo, someone would... Uh, no. Now, now yeah. Zang is talking about something yeah. I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I might have to interject in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's Zang is All right, so, so now let's talk about Triple G, Canelo. How do you think that's going to go? I got Triple G, like, in the sixth. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. Sixth or seventh. There's not going to be no one now. They're going to feel each other out in the first three. The, 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 the next three are going to be slugfest. 
and then I'm thinking if it goes any longer than that, I, I still get Triple G on points. But I'm looking. I mean, it's gonna be great, man. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Canelo's a heavy hitter, so if he heavy gets one hitter. good shot in there, but Triple G's a death hitter. Yeah. Yeah, Triple yeah. G's like, like, yeah, he's like, he'll break your neck. I mean, that guy hits like a, he's Ivan Drago style, man. That's that's like rock. <laughs> it's like some kind of weird Clubber Lang punching power, you know? I can't yeah, wait. That's I'm, gonna be a hard hitting fight. I can't wait. I can't wait. Canelo's no punch. See, guys, then I really, I don't, I really respect them both a lot. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, this is a fight I really want to see. It's rarely you. There's a fight that. It's not one-sided totally. I mean, it's that's not- what's great about really high-level fighting is that whether it's MMA or boxing or Muay Thai or, mm-hmm. I don't know, kickboxing. Yeah. They're at hey, really one, high yeah. level. You can't, yeah. you can't say this guy's going to win for sure. Uh, there's no yeah, sure this, because that's just kind of the nature of this. Talking two champions, man. Two hard-hitting. They're both in super shape. They yeah. both, there was no, no pulling punches on this thing. They're, like, ready for each other. They want – and they're both gentlemen. You know, and you see them both talking. They're like Triple G doesn't say anything, and Canelo just sits there and he, I mean, they never learned English. He's like, I don't care. I'm gonna fight. And they got the Tecate girls behind him. It's just, it's like this is awesome. And did you see De La Hoya in the back? Just met. He's just angry. He said so much shit about McGregor and them. That was so funny. That's a mother beat, mother, mother beat me. You know, yeah, it's just good. He was upset because that took away a lot from his money. I mean, oh, a lot yeah. of people probably sure. paid to watch McGregor. But I saw the whole thing in, in Dominican Republic on Fox for free. Yeah, yeah. In Central America, you just watch it on television. It was all free down there because you know, no one's going to pay that $100, so they want to build the sport up, you know. And it's, it's what it is. But, yeah, I'm excited, to say the least. It's going to be a great fight. Yeah, okay. All right, we're going to take our last station break here. Uh, our ad's a little out of date. We're waiting on a new one. Uh, so we'll just say that we, this, this segment is brought to you by Drew Estate. Good friends over there at Drew Estate. Uh, smoke their cigars, go on safari, go to their barn smokers. Uh, I mean, Drew Estate's just anything you can do that Drew Estate's involved in is probably going to be good. 100%. Including habanero cigars. Uh, all right, Jason, you got any other questions? So what, uh, do you, when, when you watch boxing, is do you have like a favorite cigar to enjoy while watching boxing? The longest one I got. I'm, I'm, I kind of do the same thing. I, I usually, like, if there's a, a good fight on, I'll usually smoke, like, a Toro and then a church. I'm weird like that. I, I watch the preliminaries. I, I don't wait for just to – I watch all of it. I got to watch, watch everything. And I like the flashes in the locker room and then Mayweather getting his head tickled. And then I like when they're watching the wrapping the hands and, and then they're hitting the mitts and, and the guys – they get all fired up, you know. I mean, I get – I think it's like – it gets you anxious, you know. I'd like to smoke a 33rd or a couple Toros or whatever's in the human high school grab. I just keep getting up and grabbing stuff. I don't even know. So I don't even count how many I smoke sometimes. <laughs> I just go and grab stuff. And I'm not a collector. Like a lot of these guys, have, I, I mean, I have stuff I stash from like my original productions and stuff, but which I don't touch, but I don't collect nothing. If I got cigars, I smoke them all. You know, I, get, I bring a couple bundles home here and there. I take them out of the cello. I put them in my humidor. Um, I got a bunch of like old debonair boxes. You know, and I, I put that, that some that are more stronger smell of like tobacco and stuff like that. 
and um, I put stuff in there. That's it. I mean, I just I got two or three humidors in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. I guess um, one one more question I, I had before we kind of get uh, officially on Armed Forces Radio Network segment here was um, today there was some news released about. Um, I think the House of Representatives has an exemption law as part of the... Still got to go through the Senate. Still got to go through the Senate. Still got to go all the way up the hill to the president. No, I'm not being negative, but it, it is a... Take a breath for a second. We need to all get together. We need to file lawsuits in every single state. We need to work together diligently to get this stuff off the books and to separate ourselves from the cigarette, e-cigarette, vape, all that. Because we're not that. God bless them. Let them do their business. Hey, I'm all for business. You know? But that's what it is. We got a reprieve for a moment. I got the same thing. Came blew up my phone today. Boom, boom, like eight people sent it to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Even even if it goes through, uh, from what I read, the exemption would only be for the fiscal year of 2018. 18, which would be from October of 2017 to October of 2017. Yeah. It's a money thing. It's it's, it's yeah. appropriations, right? It's the finance of the regulation. It's basically the money to use to regulate. I mean, to get the people to actually look at stuff and pay their, their salaries to go through that yeah. stuff. Right now, they're not getting paid for it, so they're not going to do it. And everything's yeah. changing all the time. You see it all the time. They extending dates, doing this, doing that. We'll see. I'm still smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't think anybody's ready to stop production yet. Um, so an interesting thing you do that I'm taking my band off right now. Yeah. Um, I noticed on some of my cigars that they're stamped. This one's not because I think it was a show sample. Right. Um, are you still stamping every band? Yeah. Every band stamp. It's the day it's packed. Okay. And then, and then, in the perfect stamp on mine. Yeah. So that's two. What what is it? Yeah. So you can say in a perfect world, Havanos are three months minimum, Maduros are four to six months, and then Connecticut's will be the three months. So I mean, and and you can from the that's the day. Okay, the day it's you can go that by the the day it's packed, you go three months back. Six months back, stuff like that. So that's the day it's actually put into the box. Mine actually was stamped. Yeah. I just had one of those little runoff tears that tore right where it was. They're all stamped, everything. I've done that since day one. Um, So when when was the first production? I actually first production was 2000 May 2012, and they were released in 2013. I, so I was in uh, Connecticut a few weeks ago, and I went into a shop and bought a few, and they were from May 2013. Wow. What shop was that? Uh, uh, what is the name? Mickey Blake's. Really? They still have them? <laughs> I mean, there was like two left in this box, yeah. so I'm sure that it was getting switched at any moment. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, you know, they refill boxes. I may have gotten the straggler that had just yeah. been sitting there. Yeah, but they've done. They've but done pretty good. How good? It was good, right? Oh, it was great. Yeah. The long. I mean, when you get a, I got some Solomons from original production still, like 500 of them, and they were cracked, or the foot was bad. And I got some wrapper from Nestor that I cured for like six months. It was already badass, and I cured it more. I rewrapped some of those. It's like smoking. You're like you're smoking a cloud from heaven. You know. <laughs> 
It's like the endless bowl of pasta on a cloud in heaven. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> it was just good. What else you, what else you got? What else you got? Good cigars. I mean, Thank you. They, they're good, right? They are good. You guys wouldn't be giving me love and stuff, you know? I mean, I've worked my butt off, man. I really live it, breathe it, eat it. I mean, I really prefer critique than praise, and I like when people tell me what how it would make them enjoy it more. I don't think people really – there's some jerks out there. You're always going to get some that, you know, the arm, you know, the armchair quarterback and, you know what I mean, that just want to critique people. But I've gotten really zero of that, like very little, you know? And, but most people just I, I, they just tell me what they think would make them enjoy it more and I, that's it, I don't take it as a, I don't take it as being anything but just to helping me out I mean that's what I mean yeah. at least people care enough to tell me you know and not yeah. let me fail so uh, our audience is slacking here usually we get some audience <laughs> questions and they're just slacking off they're just watching this time uh, but I'll, I'm gonna ask some of the questions we typically get from the audience like <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you obviously don't drink. What do you like pairing with a cigar? Is it just coffee. water for you? Coffee. Coffee? Oh, yeah. I How do you take your coffee? coffee. Black. Yeah. Black. My man. Good stuff. In water. Water and co coffee mostly, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Okay. What about, have you ever found a food that goes well with cigars? Steak, of course. After. Mm -hmm. Steak first and a cigar. Um, spicy stuff, not really. No, spicy stuff doesn't work with cigars. Kind of ruins it. Anything, um, chocolate, insane. Any dessert, any dessert with creams and stuff. As long as it's not lemon or nothing, you know. Um, you know what? Chinese food, like dumplings and stuff. After, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just not the spicy stuff, you know what I mean? I mean, you're talking like, if you eat some, like, dumplings and some dim sum, you know, something like, I think, with the rice wine and vinegar mixed with the soy and oh, yeah. a little bit of the ginger and stuff in there, and after, your palate's, like, really, like, really a, a, attuned to something different. So when you introduce, like, that tobacco taste, it really enhances that kick, you know? Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Jason? Oh, I was, was going to say that... Um, like yeah, I've done that. Like I've I've had a bunch of soup dumplings and then smoked a cigar, and and it's interesting. It kind of changes your palate, and you you get a little different experience. Where where are you at, Jason? Where you, you know you look like a Unabomber. It's like where are you? <laughs> I'm, like I'm in my shed right now, but I, I live in Portland. Oh, in Oregon. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah he's like. 15 he's, the he's the Unabomber. He's the Unabomber. That's where he was. That's where the guy was. <laughs> in the shack. In the in Portland. <laughs> you guys been watching that Narcos? You watched the new one? I haven't watched the new one yet. Uh, Jason, we were actually just talking about that the other yeah, day. Yeah, I just finished season three last night. Yeah, watched it. It's good. It's good. It's it's well made. The Chapo one was good, too. Yeah. You know what I'm it? No, not in that. It, that's oh, what oh, they, no, that, they had a whole one about Chapo. A whole nother series. Okay. El Chapo, yeah. They did a little foreshadowing to where there might be another season of Narcos. There's got to be. It's got to be Mexico. That's yeah. the next the next thing. Central America all the way up. And that's it. I got to get caught up on that show. It's good. It's good. It, it's a lot of subtitles if you don't speak Spanish, so you got to pay attention. Yeah. That's heavy smoking. I smoke a lot of cigars during those things. Yeah. You're like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. 
What else, boys? You got anything else, Jason? So has um, have you run into any like just kind of unexpected troubles with um, supply or you know machinery or, or something like that that like your your average person might not necessarily think of? Not lately, no. This is gonna be there's gonna be a it's gonna get tight on Broadway. I'll tell you that. Real tight on Broadway. There's been some, there were some storms and some hail, and but I luckily I got last year I got a, I bought a bunch I spent everything, you know I bought a bunch of I bought a bunch of Ecuadorian shade too, I bought all my fillers, I spent all the money I made last year I spent on I bought boxes and bands and lid covers and medallions swag like you wouldn't believe I have a great like an incredible you know apparel and accessory program coming out that we're gonna be giving to people. Oh man, that sounds right up my alley. Really coming up with hats. Amazing hats, amazing right. hats. Debonair Indian daybreak hats, daybreak shirts. Um, I got these amazing Indian keychains being made. I got these tin signs being made. As you see the sign behind us. We had that was pieces of the old factory. That was all, you know. You know, I'll show me pull it here. It's really killer. It's killer. You know. Uh-oh. Yeah, laser etched. You see? Yeah, Hang it. Awesome. Yeah. It's all it's all it's all barboard. That's basically what it is. You know, tongue and groove. The factory they were tearing parts of it down to redo it. We took them, sanded them. The old guys there made it happen. Send them up, and the, we did a. Now we're doing a sales uh, a sales program right now, like a sales event, basically where if you buy four boxes, you get one free of Indian. But the first fifty people get one of these signs. Oh, nice. So yeah, That's I mean, cool. I think. They'll probably be gone, but yeah, the storm kind of messed everything up for a minute, but they're probably gone already. Yeah. Uh, so that actually reminded me of another question that I had. Uh, I wanted to talk about your factory a little bit. So you've got your own factory, right? It's not mine. It's not mine. I don't own it. Well, not you, great part- personally. Yeah, great partnership, yeah. It's with the Reyes family. With, uh, it's with Augusto Reyes and Nirka Reyes. They're like, they're. I mean, people always say they're like family. These people are like family to me. Um it is, it is like my, I feel like it's my factory. Uh, I get free reign to do whatever I want there. They work with me hand in hand and um, it's De Los Reyes, right? So it's, it's probably, everyone says it's the best, they have the best factory, but it's probably one of the best factories out there that I've seen. Really, 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 truly, uh, you know, tailor fit stuff. It's not boutique yeah. anymore. I don't believe in that term because I don't want to get into that whole thing, but I mean, I look, we, I look at it as like we're we're Saturdays the tobacco, right? We're tailors of tobacco. We tailor fit things, custom made, you know. And these people believe in that theory. It's all custom made. So yeah, I couldn't be. They helped me. I with Pedro Almonte too, the guy that's the general manager there. He's like my brother. I mean, it's it's fun going to work every day. Jean Michel Luis that takes their that, that runs their line, the Saga line, and all that. He's their brand ambassador that goes on the road. He's there every day. It's just good people. Makes it easy. Yeah. And, believe uh, it's saying something that I've I've never had a uh, construction issue with one of your cigars. Which if if there's a box of cigars in a shop and I grab one cigar, that's going to be the one with construction issue. <laughs> Thank I God. just have terrible luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with yours, I've never had a problem. They work hard, man. They really. We have draw machines, and we have the uh, Alejandro. He worked for Davidoff for 29 years. Now he's ahead of our quality control. Um, we were up in our game, man. We're spending our money when you need to spend it. You know, you put it with the with the real players. You know, we're building a real team over there, and these guys take it serious. 
from Fidel that's the head of production. And then we got, you know, Roberto that runs all the rapper division. And we got Chico and all those guys, all the guys that do all the, the, the sorting and the, 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 the tobacco despalio and the blending room and all that. These guys take it real serious and they're all into it. And they smoke cigars and they've done, they love the debonair ideal. They love everything we're doing. And just love it and have fun with it. I go back and tell them everything I do. I show them pictures. And sometimes I show these programs and stuff and they're like, wow, man, you know? They see their, they see what they do, gets in the hands of people. Yeah, a lot of people and, don't, and don't include them, you know. That that's a thing that doesn't usually happen at cigar factories. There's no. there's a lot of like, you know, the, the people who are boots on the ground in the cigar factory who are doing all of the, the rolling, the sorting, the fermentation, all of that. Um, they don't get to see how much people are enjoying what they're working. No, they don't. And and and, 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 they, and you can't. They're they're integral. I don't can't do all that. Come on. I mean, you know. I mean, they're the people that make me what I am. I mean, I know that. I'm humble, man. I mean, it's like. But without them, I would be nowhere. I mean, I mean, I can't be there every single day. I can't make all the cigars. I'm trust. I entrust in them, and I mean, they need to reap the benefits. We throw great parties for them. We take care of them. They're my friends. I'm not like hiding in an office. I'm always walking around. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's it. I include them in it. I mean, that's part. It's what the. It's their life's work too. You know. Yeah. I mean, you gotta look right, at it that way. Well, that brings us to the end of our Armed Forces Radio segment. Uh, Phil, thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you guys uh, so much. Be blessed and successful always. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can uh, where they can reach you or learn more about uh, your cigars? You can go to debonairhouse.com. You can go to debonaircigars.com. You can on, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can go to Debonair Cigars, Indian Motorcycle Cigars. Um, you can reach us on all those different outlets. Um, Phil Zangi on Facebook. I'm always there. I check my stuff. Um, we have a brand new website coming out. It's in construction. It's going to be insane. We have all kinds of cool stuff coming up. We're going to we're building a debonair ideal experience that we're going to do in the Dominican Republic. That's going to be on the website. We're going to work with Drew Estate and work that out and try to put it through the plans and um, just going you know upward and onward. You know that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching and thanks for the Armed Forces Radio Network listeners. We appreciate you doing out, being out there doing something that, we're, that we can't do. We're just not built to do it. God bless everybody. Be safe.